Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Let's get right to work. Transformative is what our message is today. Verse 31, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. That's interesting. They're speaking about his decease that he was going to accomplish. It's kind of a weird way to say that, you know. What do you do when you get old? Well, it's I accomplish it as a decease, you know, <laughs> when I'm done. You know, we don't talk like that, do we? He's talking about his decease he was going to accomplish. Interesting way, word, Greek word. When we look at this word decease, in the Greek it's translated, and this is the Greek, exodus. Exodus is where we get our word exit. It's where we get the book of Exodus, that name for the book of Exodus. It means to depart or to leave or to die. And so Jesus is going to accomplish his death, is what he's saying, at Jerusalem. And this is this word is significant for a few reasons. Moses was the leader of the children of Israel who accomplished the exodus out of Egypt, right? And as we look at what the Bible kind of teaches us about Egypt, it's a type of the world, a type of sin, and, and they symbolically left Egypt, died as they were baptized through the Red Sea, and then they entered into new life into the promised land. Well, of course, those things were all pictures or types of what Jesus would accomplish when he would die for the sins of mankind. He would offer to us salvation, but for that, we would die in our old man and be born again in our new man. And so Jesus leading us, leading the exodus, us in exodus out of life, out of the world, out of sin, into a life of new promise or, or a new life in the Spirit. And, and of course, as a symbol of that, we also are buried, as it tells in, in Romans chapter 6, we're buried through baptism. And it's that symbol of, of dying to who we were and having new life as we come out of the water, resurrection life. And of course, it's just right when, when you die, it's just right you bury something, right? And so when you are born again and your old man dies, it's just right that you go through the process of baptism to say, hey, I want to leave the old life behind. It's just it's just that symbol, that outward sign of an inward commitment, an inward reality that we have. But this word actually appears a couple of places in the New Testament. It's interesting how it appears. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, it tells us, by faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. And so he knew that there was going to be an exodus in the future. And he told him, hey, when you leave here, when you exit the land of Egypt, take my bones with you. I want to be buried in the promised land. I want to be resurrected 
in the promised land. And so they did. And then another usage in, is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. And so Peter says, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure you always ensure that you always have a reminder of those things after my decease or exodus. And here he's not speaking of the exodus of the children of Israel or he, him leaving somewhere. He's talking about his death. I'm writing these things down so that you'll have them when I die. Isn't that why we write books? So that our, our ideas can remain past our life and so that, that people can read them and still benefit from them. So what are they talking about? His coming death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus was fulfilling in them all the things that they had spoke of, all the things that were in the law and in the prophets. And, you know, it says here in verse 32, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. So it seems that these guys, for whatever reason, fell asleep. Now, okay, there's a lot of factors. Think about it. Up to 11,000 feet hike, that'll make you tired. Thin air, mountain air, that can make you tired. I don't know if you've ever been driving and you're seeing some you know, really bright sun, it's glaring, and you're like, oh, I'm having a hard time staying awake. Could be that. They didn't have sunglasses. And so they're starting to feel tired, or it could be that Jesus just doesn't want them awake. And so he's like, these are not the prophets you're looking for, and they just fall asleep. You know, and and that could be, you know, and then when it's time for them to wake up, okay, get up. What's going on? You know, I I don't know. I don't know why they fell asleep. Seems weird. They are accustomed to falling asleep. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, when they're praying. Maybe prayer puts them to sleep. But how would they know when they wake up? How would they know that it was Moses and Elijah? How would they know that it's them? Because they had name tags on, duh. Okay, maybe they didn't have name tags. No, it's because when they were kids, they had the prophet trading cards. You know, they know. No. You know what's weird to me is when you read these stories about people having Jesus appear to them, they always know who he is. It's like he doesn't say, hey, I'm Jesus. You know, they they just know. You know, angels will say who they are. Oftentimes, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. But Jesus never has to say that. And and I think that what's happening with these guys, and it's just my speculation, I mean, maybe Jesus introduced them, hey, this is Moses and this is Elijah, you know, I don't know. But I, I'm, my speculation is, again, sanctified speculation, is that they just knew. Like, they just knew. And I think that there's going to be a day when that is a reality, when we see Jesus in his kingdom, we are just going to know. You're going to know people. It's not going to be that awkward thing at church where hopefully the pastor remembers my name and, and sometimes I don't. I'm sorry because I'm faulty up here sometimes. I mean, people always say, you remember names really well. Sometimes. I have little tricks I do. Little, if you ever want to know how to remember somebody's name, I can give you a trick. But it doesn't work with every name. And I'm not going to tell you what it is unless you ask me personally. But anyway, I, I try. I try. But I just don't know everybody's name. And sometimes... That's that's awkward, but in heaven it's not going to be like that. We're going to know. How are we going to know? Well, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as, as I also am known. So we certainly have limitations now, but then we're just going to know. We're going to have knowledge of those things that we shouldn't necessarily know. Verse 33 then it happened, as they were parting from him, Moses and Elijah are exiting, 
that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, tents is what he's saying. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Have you ever said anything not knowing what you were saying? Like something you're just like, as it comes out of your mouth, you're like, oh, I want that back, please, you know. When's the baby due? What baby? The stupid things we say just comes out of our mouths. We didn't even mean to say it. What Peter is doing by saying this is he's, he's either saying, hey, we got three prophets here, the Messiah, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, bringing Jesus down to the level of the prophets, or worse, raising Moses and Elijah up to the level of God. I don't think he's doing that, but I think he's diminishing who Jesus is by saying this. Why did Peter say this? Why would he say this? Well, it actually gives us a clue. We, we understand that Mark, John Mark was the one who wrote the gospel of Mark, but he was giving Peter's account. So Peter was dictating to Mark the things that he was supposed to say. And I can just imagine during that dictation, He's telling Peter this, Peter's telling Mark this story. He's writing it down and he's like, why did you say that? And and so Mark writes this line, verse six of Mark chapter nine. He says, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. He was scared. And so he just like, you know, note to self, if you're in the presence of God or an angel or some holy being, and you're seeing some awesome thing, and you're scared, and you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Peter sees Jesus shining and radiant. He sees Moses and Elijah in their glory, and he puts them in the same category, and they are not. Absolutely not. Moses and Elijah were part of the Old Testament Scene, of course, they were there and they were writing things, and well, Elijah didn't. Excuse me, Moses was recording things, and Elijah was doing great and awesome things. And yet, Jesus, when he, Jesus, when he he's he speaks of this whole event, when he speaks of the Old Testament, he doesn't give anybody any more credit than they deserve. And and so, when we think about this, when we think of the Christian books and 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 other things that we read, you know, those things are not on the level of the Bible. Just the same way that Moses and Elijah are not on this on the level of Jesus, other things are not on the level of the Bible. And when we stand before God, we need to realize that God's far, far above us and far, far above anything or any other person that has ever existed. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.